Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the goddamn Bricks in the Wall. I hope y'all enjoyed last week, guys. Uh, me and the guys put out two podcasts. One about what makes a mass dumb idiot shooter, like the one that happened in Ovalde. And one about how the LGBTQ movement is not exactly what it seems to be. So go check him out and uh, yeah, enjoy the show. So today we have an interesting fella. A couple weeks ago we had Mr. Cymaticist. And today we have another guy who deals or knows a thing or two about sound and its healing properties. And um, as a kid, I would always get these visions of people, I don't know, doing some type of ritual. Like I would, ima- I would lay in my bed and I would close my eyes and I would see like this CGI vision of some faceless guy like sitting in a yoga position, doing some hand gestures and chanting some type of mudras or chanting something and that this was giving him some type of superpower or healing power. And I don't know, maybe we can get, I never knew what that was or what it meant, but I would see that often as a kid. So maybe we can get some answers about that today. So this secret ritual will pop up in my head, right? And they would get superpowers. And I would think maybe what if this is some type of hack or some type of way to like uh, glitch the matrix and actually like get those powers that everyone talks about, like telepathy, uh, healing yourself, um, seeing things from far away, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see what we get today. So maybe we get some answers from Teddy. So today's guest is a mystic of some sort, you could say. Uh, yet the thing I like about this guy is that he's constantly referencing Jesus. And I love that guy. He's a cool guy. And I think it's important because uh, you can point out in this world how the lack of God in people's lives is causing all this disharmony and dis-ease, not being at ease. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to you your comrade and mine, Mr. Theodore Gibbons, a.k.a. Teddy. How are we doing today, Teddy? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing good. I appreciate um I appreciate that nice intro. Thank you. <laughs> no problem, brother. Yeah, like I, we spoke a little bit earlier, and I was at, I was telling my buddy here, Drew. Hi, Drew. How we doing? What's going on? What's going on? Hi, nice Drew. to be here. Hi. I was telling him that I had uh, found you and that I wanted to talk to you because you put this idea about sin and how to look at it from a different perspective to kind of hit more at home and kind of penetrate you in a way that gives you this constant awareness of when you're in quotation marks sinning but we'll get into that later so tell us a little bit about yourself teddy um so i'm 38 years old um i am a musician i am a a person who uh, facilitates um ceremonies using sound um I am a uh, an ever, I guess, an ever open student of kind of the the wonders of, of consciousness and and the and the game of the game of letting go and opening up awareness. Um, I I teach you know I teach music I um, I do all kinds of you know workshops and 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 creative ways for people to get together and experience music and to and to use that to um use use the music as as a kind of like a kind of like a a, a step a step to touch that thing that that nobody really owns that that beautiful you know part of god um and um 
you know, I would just say that, that you know, I, the main thing about me is, like, you know, I'm a family man, and, uh, and I really like being, uh, you know, an alchemist as far as using, using the experiences of life to learn and reduce my perspective into a larger perspective. Hell yeah, brother. That's what I'm talking about. Alchemy. What is alchemy, if you could describe it in your words? It's basically, it's basically you know, changing the form of something. You know, changing form. So, you know, um, you know, for example, you know, you're in life and you experience pain or frustration, you know, uh, taking that pain or frustration and, and trying to learn about how, how exactly it's coming about in order to free yourself from that bondage, that, that kind of intellectual agreement that's keeping you in a place where the world is able to frustrate you. Wow, and that, that, that volley, you know, you know, but, you know, materialistically, it's, you know, turning this metal into that metal or, right. you know, turning, you know, alchemy is turning these five fruits into this juice, right. you know, it's just changing forms. It's the original chemistry. And the way that I like to explain it is uh, what they were basically trying to do is, is the first scientists and scientists, in a sense, they were trying to make gold out of regular items. So the way that I see it now, if you kind of use it in this type of metaphor, is you turning the clay, a base material, into gold. So the way I like to describe it is you turn the clay, the brain, the mind, and you create things and you make literally gold by creating, creating music, creating art, anything, just making something out of your own inner, inner will, you know, and bringing it forth into this reality. Right. I forget who, was, who I was having that discussion with, but we were talking about how one of... One of the, the properties of, of a human being, you know, like bees make honey and, you know, this, this animal has this, this, you know, unique aspect. And one of the things that a human does is it kind of brings order to imagination. It's like kind of our thing. So I really like that. I really, I really jive with you on that. You know, it's like we kind of like funnel infinity into something defined. Yeah, awesome. you know? yeah, I love it. I love it, bro. I love these people who are on this type of path. And I can, t I can, I can just tell by that video that I saw when my first introduction to you, I was like, yeah, this dude, no, he's part of the others. I'm sure you've heard of Timothy Leary and how he has this whole spiel about finding the others. Yeah, yeah, I, I just got chills when you said that. Um, I'm a huge, uh, I'm a huge fan of um, Richard Alpert, which was Timothy Leary's homeboy. He became yeah. Ramdas. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I feel like, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I feel you on that. Yeah, I love that. There's actually, a, I think, a documentary about Ram Dass on Netflix, guys, so y'all go check it out. Can you give us a rundown on who, on who Mr. Ram Dass was? Okay, so, so Ram Dass is, so what I love about Ram Dass, okay, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my best justice. I feel like he's like my family member that, you know, um, that I never met yet, but um, so he was he was a Harvard professor, okay, and he was and he came from like a very kind of like snooty rich family, and um, he had an experience where he uh, worked with psilocybin, and he 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 says that in that experience with the psilocybin, after being you know kind of like a rigid dude his whole life, you know he had he had the boat, he had the cars, he was the you know he had the tenure at Harvard, he had all that. And then he had this he had this experience with mushrooms where he felt like he was more of himself than he ever was before. And it kind of like, you know, metaphorically blew his wig off. 
And then he got hooked in with Timothy Leary and they started doing, um, uh, they started working with acid LSD and they started uh, doing experiments uh, at Harvard and they did an experiment and I forget the name of the exact, the name of the experiment, but it was something about Sunday service. All right. Yeah. It was when they were trying to create the religious experience through psychedelics. Right, so they had like a control group, and then they had the people that were actually taking the LSD. And then when they and then when they put both groups forth to the people that were, I guess, you know, the gatekeepers of you know whatever institution were like, you know, we're the people who can delegate or verify if you've had a mystical experience or not. You know, when they when they brought the criteria forth, those people were proving that they were having these mystical experiences you know these coming to god experiences through that chemical so basically he gets you know and and i forgive forgive me for all the ramdas you know super super exacto fans out there but he then he then um he then begins to 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 yearn to look for somebody who has a map of this consciousness like he's looking for a teacher he's looking for somebody who like knows that neighborhood the outer world or the inner world so so he goes to india where he comes upon meeting this saint who was seen as one of the highest saints in all of india he was seen as a as a manifestation of hanuman the monkey god of service like one of the highest saints in in India's history, this guy, Neem Karoli Baba, right. who was really named, uh, it was also named Maharaji. So then Maharaji kind of like takes Ramdas in and, and Ramdas's whole story is how meeting with Maharaji like blew his mind and changed his whole life. And then Ramdas goes on to tell stories of consciousness and why Ramdas is such a gem also is because he's a great speaker, but he brings in all of the other teachers. So when you listen to him, he really opens you up to the Eastern, the Eastern side of viewing consciousness, which I really think is like the, the legit side, you know? Mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I love Ramdas. Um, is Maharaji the one that they talk about with that LSD story? Where he ate all the LSD? Yeah, tell us that story. I love that story. Yeah, so, so, so basically... Ramdas, yeah, he is. So, so, so Ramdas would would travel with LSD. So, so the thing that like would blow Ramdas's mind was that Maharaji knew his thoughts. Like when he first met him, he was like, "You were at the lake last night," and he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "You were thinking of your mother," and he's like, "Yeah." And, and he's like, and and his mother had just died, and he's like, "You were looking at the stars," and 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 the fact that this random guy, you know, laying on a piece of you know laying on a wooden bed, like knew everything about him, really like. He, he had, that was a really eye-opening, awakening moment. So as they started to interact, you know, Maharaji, who's basically in full-time Christ consciousness, uh, is, is kind of playing with Ramdas and, and he's showing him that, that he's beyond the, the realm of the LSD. So, so the first time Ramdas is in India, Maharaji says, you know, do you have any of that? And they call it, and he was calling it yogi medicine. And he called it yogi medicine because the Maharaji would tell him, you know, when you take LSD, you can be in the presence of Christ for two or three hours, but then you have to leave. And it's and he was telling him it's better to to go the the long way, and then you can stay there forever. Mm -hmm. So the first time, 
he he took all the LSD that that Ramdas had and he ate it, and nothing happened. And Ramdas was bugged out that nothing happened, and he went back home to America, and and after a while he said he started to doubt like did he really take it is this guy like a trickster did he throw it over his shoulder like like how could that be mm-hmm. you know i'm not really i don't really understand the doses but he was saying it was like a, a ton well this so was sandos lsd like the best high quality lab regulated lsd right and then and then he went back the second time and then because this guy this this being maharaji can hear his, you know hear all of his thoughts and everything he says you know he said Hey, last time you saw me, did I? Did you give me LSD? And Ramadan's like, I, I think so. And he said, Did did I eat it? You know, and he's playing with them because he knows he's that he's worried about it. Yeah. He said, Did I eat it? And he says, I, I think so. so. He says, Do you have any more? And he says, Yeah. So this time he had even more. And he said he put it on his tongue in front of him and he went, Yeah. He showed him his tongue and he yeah. ate it. And uh, I think the story goes that he was. He goes ben under his, his cloak. He hides under his cloak. For like a, yeah, he goes hour. under he goes under the blanket, and and there's all this there's all stories about his blanket and what he would do underneath, and you know there's a book called Miracle of Love that's nothing but the compilation of Maharaji stories. It's like thousands and thousands of, of stories just about him. It's really awesome. And then okay, well let me I guess I'll finish it. Uh, Maharaji goes under his cloak. And then Ramdas gets kind of scared. He's like, "Oh my God! I just fried the brain of this guy." He's like terrified. Right, right. And then uh, Maharaji, after a couple, he like comes un- uh, off under his blanket. He goes, "Whoa!" Like p- pretending he's gone mad and crazy. And then uh, Ramdas is like, "Oh my God! I, f- I I broke this guy's brain." And then and then he starts laughing. Ramdas starts laughing and cracking up. And then Ramdas, I mean Maharaji starts laughing. And then Ramdas asks, "What's? Why are you laughing? What's so funny?" And he says something along the lines of, uh, oh, yeah, we've tried medicines like this before in the past. And like you said, it's true. Uh, it does take you to the place of God, but you always have to come back down. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I and, and, I, and yeah, that's the best part where, where Maharaji you know, is playing with him and makes him think that he fried his brain. What do you think about that, Drew? Uh, it's a pretty interesting story. Um, I haven't heard about it. or uh, Ramdas? No, no, but uh, it sounds pretty intriguing. Yeah, man, dude, I can tell. Like, going through your profile, I know you know so much about, like, Eastern mysticism and all that kind of knowledge. But I want to go back to the little questionnaire I had. So you told us a little bit about yourself. And uh, I want to know, what was your childhood like? Did, were you always a spiritual person growing up? How was your childhood like? Yeah, uh, you know, I had this, I had this moment, you know, I, I had this moment where I was, where I was like uh, about seven, and I remember I like came online. I can still remember exactly where I was, what I was doing, and like the awareness just like turned on. Mm. Um, I've always been. Um, I've what always was been, it? Was there uh, something that triggered it? No, I mean, I was just walking down the street, and then I just remembered like. Like it just happened. Like I am not my body. The body is not, is not me. And I remember, I remember feeling that I was very different than everybody else. Mm. Um, and um, and you know, I've I've always been a very empathetic being, which is which is a is a very um, slippery uh, kind of sense to work with. You know, because you you can sense other people's. You, the way that you sense other people is by you you feel their feelings. Mm-hmm. So 
it, the trick is that while you're learning to use it, you think that what you're feeling is you. And then eventually you, you kind of, you kind of realize when you get around somebody that you're really just getting the full download of someone else. Right. Um, I was, um, you know, I was a self-taught musical kid. I played a lot of sports. Um, you know, I played in a lot of types of different bands, metal bands, you know, tons of metal bands and, uh, I played drums a lot. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I used to, I used to have a lot of fun jobs. You know, I like to, I delivered pizza. I always thought that was a fun job. <laughs> um, cool. uh, okay. So, yeah, so, so about that time you turned seven and you said, I like that you came online. It's kind of like waking up. I, I'm kind of tired of that term waking up or being woke. It's kind of been convoluted, I think. But when you came online, what, what, what changed in your behavior and how you thought and what, what, what did this change cause in your life? I guess, I guess like the biggest, the biggest uptick is, is being able to witness, witness yourself, you know, rather, rather than kind of being in the movie, you know, you, you, you know that you're watching a movie. Right. I love that. You know? Hell yeah. Like you the know? Truman so, Show or the Matrix. Yeah. Like you kind of realize like, you know, that there's something going on behind the thought processor. You know, the, the, the thoughts are kind of like, you know, ka-ching, 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 you know, they're kind of going. Dude. And, and, th and that there's, that there's kind of like a, a space behind them to kind of camp out and, and, and exist without kind of getting swept down the river you well, know it's dude, like uh, that, that's reminding me of when i was little um when i was little I, I would have insomnia and i would lay in bed and just think stuff and i remember w one night in particular i was thinking that exact thing that you're talking about like where do thoughts come from and i was trying to like beep i was trying to race myself to get to the beginning of a thought and 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 try to examine and figure out okay this thought that came up where did it arise and then i'm just trying to like zoom in zoom in and get to the point before I get the thought and try to find out where consciousness originates and where thought comes from. And I, would, I didn't know what to think, but I would just say, it seems that these thoughts just come and I can't control them. So what do I do to kind of get a hold of them? And I would just, from then, I kind of sort of taught myself to like meditate and try to focus on nothing and watch the thoughts come and, and leave. Yeah, and it's, and it's a, you know, it's a, that seems to be like the number one game of the earth classroom. It's like, it's like, it feels like, like what you just said is like the thesis of the whole place is to realize that you're none of it, you know, to not, to not like sink your teeth into identifying with really anything other than the nothingness that's inside, hmm. you know? Um, what do you mean by nothingness? So, I, I, I think I want to push back against that. What do you mean by well, nothingness? I, I guess what I mean is that is that um, that the space inside doesn't really have preferences when it when it's when it's fully when it's fully grown. Like it doesn't have um, it doesn't have a bias. It doesn't have um, it doesn't have. Uh, um, what are you talking about? Consciousness. Yeah, like like that that like that, that like that like when you're when you're fully realized um in, in the inside that 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 there's a balance of of the polarities. Like like uh 
you know, like the earthly, the earthly experience is composed of, of, of polarities, you know? So, so like to experience warm water, I need a combination of hot or cold. So, so if, if my person is opposed to hot or cold, it's kind of, that kind of shows like a misunderstanding of the experience. Hmm, interesting. That's an you know, interesting if you get a preference onto it, so, so you know, I, and it's this is tough. I mean, you know, like, you know, so when you're listening to the yogis or you're listening to, you know, somebody like Ramana Maharshi, you know, you know, they, they, they really, they really possess this level of, of neutrality and indifference with a lot of stuff, you know, and yeah. it's really interesting to, to try to learn from. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think I get what you're saying. Kind of uh, see that you're empty inside and the thoughts are coming are the mind, the brain, the physical brain generating them. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, you know, and, you know, developing that practice of, of remaining neutral, you know, helps you find, and this is, I guess, kind of, parad- you know, paradoxical saying, but it helps you find yourself anywhere in any circumstance rather than needing a circumstance to to be yourself Mm. you know like like uh i get it i i I, like to me the way i've tried to kind of explain it is that people people want to explain who they are through the things that they cling on to in this life like for example people will describe themselves through the job they have through the through the sports they play or through the movies they watch. But I guess kind of coming back to what you were saying, that that's just generated by the brain and that inside, if it was uh, truly devoid of outside uh, context being put into it, it wouldn't be acclimated to any certain identity. It could be anything and everything at the same time. Right, like it's capable, like, right, like it's capable of attaching to everything, right. which would mean it's attached to nothing. Right. Like it can, it's capable of loving everything fully equally. Hmm. Like when the, when the, when the preference is removed, Damn, you know, then it's just like blanket love, yeah, see, you know, everywhere. Cause there's no, there's no more opposition. See, that's what fascinates me about the ancients or the people in the past, especially these people who were looking <clears throat> into trying to peer behind the veil of reality. They had such a richer and deeper understanding of life that, to me, there's no way you can get depressed if you know this type of knowledge. To me, it's the people that don't know any, any of this type of stuff and are so disconnected that, are, that have this depression sink in because they're not fully um, in the moment and fully appreciating and having and sharing gratitude for the simplest things that they have. Yeah, man, and, and you know, and this is, this is somewhere where I, where I kind of like, I skid, right? So here, here's like, Here's like kind of like one thing that I ping pong back that I, you know, I sh- I'll share is, you know, Maharaji is sitting with Ramdas and he says to him, isn't it all perfect? And Ramdas is like, what do you mean? You know, and this is whatever, t- you know, time period, I think the 70s. And he's like, you know, there's war in Benghazi and this and there's that and the, you know, the, you know, all these, you know, there's hunger here. How could it all be perfect? You know, and, and Maharaji says, you know, he says something like, oh, you have a better idea, right? <laughs> and you have a better idea how it should all be. And my, and Rondas is like, oh, fuck, you know, like, man, that really, like, blows his mind. Right, yeah, and, that's awesome. And I'm right there with you because it's like, it's like, so, so, you know, when you were talking about, you know, 
there's all these people, you know, like, that's one thing, like, I look at television, and I look how television is, is attaching people, it's attaching their sense of what is good, it's like really pinning the tail on the donkey, and sometimes I really want to be, like, opposed to that, you know, like, I think, like you said, like, the ancients, like, they're so keyed in, it's like, yeah, because they were living, like, they were, like, full-on in their experience you know there wasn't like this like alter experience and there wasn't tv and propaganda being pumped into them right like you know they you know like because right because like because you think like you know and i think you know like right the propaganda is like it's working like multiple levels where it's also like spiritually like putting people in reverse in a way because it's it's causing them to to develop preferences for certain things and attached to certain things and this is success and that's you know and you got to look at that and you got to say man and you got to say yeah but that's god too and you say whoa man and it's and it's a lot you know and you you go you know you could see how you know like you're saying the ancient civilizations they're working to gain omni perspective Right. And then when you look at our society, it's all about developing singular perspective. Right. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's all about like increasing the self, you know, possessing, possessing yeah. everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, I love it. See, like, and I always wonder, like, how do they gain all this knowledge? And from my experience, uh, to me, the moments that I gain realization, it's like I get these downloads when I'm not, when my attention isn't being sucked up by TV or propaganda. It's usually when I'm taking a walk or even taking a shit, like just moments where my attention is not being grabbed on by a, a portal or a screen like the black mirrors. Right, you know, and that's, and that's you know, and that's one thing that, um, there's this amazing sound healing book uh, by this guy named John Boyu, and he talks about, he talks about something like this, and it's, and it's the chaos element, right? Like, so like, so what I'm hearing is you're saying that when your brain, when you allow chaos into your brain, which is really saying that you're, you're, you're releasing your grip on order, then the download comes, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, it's like when people have, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, using plant medicine or sound healing or meditation is that they invite that chaos uh, element, like even like uh, cymatics. Like when you, when you change from one pattern to another, there's that moment where the grains are in zero pattern. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's like, and that's exactly what you're saying. It like totally like, like the chaos element is, it's a crucial thing. And I feel like, right. Like, like a lot of what we experience in, in 2020s is this super clamped down, like constant some kind of order there's always something occupying the the antenna the receiver yeah you know yeah totally drew i see my homie drew taking some notes what what you got to say drew Hmm. no well it seems like a pretty interesting um uh, discussion um it's been a while since i've uh, talked to or heard about somebody who 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 dives really deep into into eastern mysticism and things like that um so yeah it's pretty intriguing i guess uh, as of now the only uh concerns that i have is um well i do i have read a lot about how um current uh, modern celebrities um 
like for example uh, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin he was heavily 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 into Eastern mysticism as well as um, Aleister Crowley who's heavily heavily into Eastern mysticism and um, um, I find through my research that that um, that that contributes to the whole uh, world order or the whole globalism uh, centralization if you will that um, that current elites that they want to eventually establish in the world uh, with this new world order and with everything uh, becoming one one as if uh, you know uh, 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 one as if there's no difference between you and I, um, you know, uh, we're all one in a sense. And in some sense, I do agree with the quantum physics of that, but I think it is somewhat um, over, um, it, it's overstating the idea. Like, for example, Juan and I, me and him are, are different, but since we're made of the same substance like atoms and star stuff from you know the same energy uh, precisely energy then we're one and i think that's somewhat taken a twist to it you know that is somewhat um taken uh i don't know it's kind of a different angle at it but so that's basically what i've researched and read about eastern mysticism and and uh, for me, <clears throat> diving into spirituality, it's always been um, a topic where um, I firmly believe that people, everybody, has to be really cautious of because because you could get lost in that and um, not not to know the difference between um, certain things in life that are just you know common sense, right? You know, but. Um, yeah, so I was just taking notes and everything like that, and um, I mean, that's that's one of my my concerns. Um, I think that whenever people dive um, into spirituality, I mean, first and foremost, that's a um, that's a, a subjective concept. Like, what is spirituality? Uh, you know, so we would have to articulate that more. But spirituality. Um, so-called occult knowledge, mystics, and things like that. Um, you know, basically where I stand is that, you know, there's only God of the Holy Bible and, uh, and, and Satan or, or, or Lucifer or, or the Eye of Ra, the Eye of Horus, Osiris, um, many different names for Satan, Baphomet, etc. And um, I, I do firmly believe that that spirituality definitely does lean more towards uh, Lucifer who who I think is that conscious entity who is influencing elites to establish a new world order kingdom where everything is one just how, how like um, how like in the Old Testament of the Holy Bible where you know King Nimrod wanted to build the Tower of Babel and challenge God right build it as high as the heavens but God uh, separate mankind in, in different languages so I um, for me I see that God wants not necessarily separation in terms of hate but there is 
you know, um, uh, separation in the sense that um, in terms of life, you know, difference between man and woman, yeah, etc. But if people believe in this love is love type of notion where, hey, love is love, it's all the same thing, then obviously different agendas and propaganda, like, you know, there's no such thing as a man and, or, or, or a woman that men could grow breasts too, then obviously that's that's all contributing to the whole Luciferian New World Order. But that means that people are all one in a sense, and people aren't one. Men and women are different. Men can't have children, women can't have, you know, etc. So that, that's where I stand in terms of, you know, diving in, 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 into spirituality. I think that people have to have a really logical approach to it. Uh, Drew, coming in hot, what do you have to say about that, homie? Oh, I love I love the perspective. I think I think um, you know it's so interesting, right? Because because uh, when you when you kind of take in the kind of data that comes through, you know, this teacher and that teacher and this and that, and and, and I think that one of the one of the first things that happen when when somebody, you know, and, you know, I'm really talking about myself when you kind of approach approach this this world and the teachings is that there's an overload of of, of opinions and perspectives yes. Yeah. Yes. and 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 i think and i think one of the ways that the overload of, of opinions and, and perspectives works in our favor like i think in the in the school I, I really think this whole place is a school but in this in the school in this classroom of god is i think that that the overload of perspectives kind of like causes your own perspective to bloom a little bit where you're like, I have to know it for myself. Like I have to just understand it, and I can't, and I and I can't really lean on whatever anybody else said. So like, so like, so you know, you said what is spirituality, and I guess that I would I would say that it's it's everybody's own totally unique inter inter independent understanding of what they think themselves and reality is. And what I think is fascinating is that everybody's is simultaneously true and 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 it's and it's all these people reflecting upon what they think life is all about all at the same time uh, you know happening live but and, do you um, and do you think that that there's one truth though with a capital T like one truth uh, well I, I think I think uh, I, I would have to ask like like what do you mean one truth like that that like that underneath it all there's there's something singular yes right yeah i i i mean i think so but but the but the trick is i i think that what's underneath it all is is completely is 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 kind of like some kind of some type of mega mind being that 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 is 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 play, is playing essentially. I I don't, I don't it, it, that, that that there's that, that there's just a, a an enthusiastic play going on with all the abilities that it can have to create. Like like you know this is what's coming into mind. But I feel like you guys played GI Joes when you were kids at some point or some kind of some kind of action figure, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, when you're playing with those action figures, like you, you make up situations that are seemingly intense or suspenseful, 
or whatever, but but you as the architect of the game, you know that nothing is really is really at at stake. I feel like underneath it all, there there's a being that that's that's yearning to have experiences where it can forget itself to experience itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always see. I love Drew because he he's always coming in through that angle of God and Jesus and that singular truth, and I love it. And, and and I root him for it. Yeah. However, I love it when me and him get into discussions. I always call him out as. Uh, have you seen the the movie The Water Boy? Yeah. Okay. You know how the mom's always like, "It's the devil, Bobby. It's the devil." Yeah. Well, Drew, I love him, and I love your brother, but he's always coming in at this angle, like he wants to call out anything opposing from Jesus and the Bible as. Luciferian, which to a point I agree. However, Drew, I will push back with this. What about all the people who grew up without ever hearing the Bible or Jesus, like ancient India, like little Indian kids? Like, would you say that they're wrong for believing in different doctrines? Wrong, yes. But how would they know if they don't know about Jesus? They never heard about him. They don't have the Bible. They don't even speak the language. Are they going to go to a dark place? Wrong, yes. I, I, I firmly believe. So God's going to punish kids because they didn't go and look for the book that he wanted them to? So I'm not going that far, but, but looking at it from like a, a concrete standpoint, wrong guess. You know, if, in other words, if, if people in India didn't grow up with basic mathematics skills, right? And then, hey, that, that's not their fault, but they are wrong for thinking that 2 plus 2 equals 7, right? Whenever it's 4. So wrong guess, but... Um, to to that point, I don't have have much um, uh, much to say um, other than the fact that I, I believe that this God of gods that this um, New World Order doctrine is against. I, I think that it, it's a loving God, but it's rather just and, and merciful too. But it, it's not my my intent to 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 be biblical or to um to be obviously i'm not a christian um but but it's firmly my intent to, to gather up all the research that i've done since i started researching whenever i was maybe 20 years old and to use my common sense or my logical brain and to just filter out things and to also put things where they neatly and rightfully need to be placed. So, I mean, I, I get how th that may sound to outsiders like, you know, Andrew thinks this or, you know, just like anything that doesn't align with with uh, God or, or, or whatever people want to say. But I mean, at the same time, I, I do firmly believe that most of this world of what we're surrounded by is the matrix it it is um intended to um to catastrate us to a certain direction and um yes you know i i i do firmly believe that that, that most of what we're surrounded by and everything like that it, it is part of this this matrix and um you know uh and so, yeah, that's my, that's my only take on it. It's never my intention or, you know, I, I don't, you know, that's why everything I say, I use examples to, to back myself up. So it's not me, uh, you know, 
proclaiming a different message. It's just me being the messenger. And that's why I use examples, research. That's why I say like, well, well, Aleister Crowley, he was with Eastern mysticism and, and he's often called the great beast or he profoundly professed Lucifer as, you know, the God of this world. So Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin and, and, and a lot of other celebrities that I know were deeply into outer states of consciousness were into all this other uh, spiritual stuff and you know they you know proudly um expressed themselves as you know in order to have my talent or actors in hollywood um, or certain people who play music they allow themselves to be taken over by a spirit you know and so whenever i put those together i just um i i, I think i'm putting two plus two equals four together and i'm saying well that may lead to this. And so this is why in my research, obviously as a student of research and of the truth, I'm, I gotta be open because you know, uh, uh, a dumb person is a person who thinks that he's smart. So I, I gotta be open and you know, in my experience on this earth being 27, um, you know, there's so much things that, that I need to know and stuff like that, but, but that's why I say, well, in my research and in the things that I've, I've come across and how I use logic data and, you know, I try to think through things, um, you know, and not in perspective or in perception, but from a concrete standpoint, um, you know, I, I found that, that there's only this God of the Holy Bible and there's also Lucifer, Satan, and these many other names given to him, Osiris, Ra, Horus. Baphomet, things like that, and it's either these two sides, but but there's nothing in the middle, and uh, anything that doesn't um, profess as you know Jesus Christ, and and you know what the Holy Bible says must be geared towards uh, Satanism or or you know um, or you know Luciferianism. But the only thing is that I don't think a lot of people understand that because what's geared towards Luciferianism, it often comes in a package of love or, or, or spirituality even, higher consciousness. It, it comes to you in a loving and light-hearted way where you won't have your guard up because it comes as a beautiful angel. It comes as rainbow colors. It comes to you uh, in, in, in the name of peace, but its intent is to ultimately deceive you, you know? And so, yeah. I, th I think your perspective is beautiful, and I really thank you for articulating it um, so so well. Um, you know, if I if I can just um, kind of contribute to the to the song that that you're you're playing, please please please. Uh, please. You know what what I what I find helpful, or I have found helpful in sorting a lot of it out is I is I really I really look at things. Uh, and I mentioned this once, but I, but I really look at things um, through through polarity, right? So so in, in a three D experience. Hey, Ted. Right? Uh, question, bro. What does polarity mean again? Polarity. Polarity means opposites. Duality. So okay, okay. Polarity, right? So like you know, Alan Watts has this great this great. Um, this great uh, analogy where he says, you know, hey, let, let, imagine if I came into your kitchen and I said, hey, I want to put all the chairs up, right? 
Putting all the chairs up implies that there's down, and you can't have up without down. You know, if I said, hey, make all the cars turn left, I'm implying that they're not turning right, right? And then, and then it gets a little more common where you say, you know, light and dark. You can't have light without dark. Everybody's heard that one. And, um, but I really find that, that looking at life through the eyes of polarity is very, is very, just an interesting endeavor. And, you know, when I think of, of, you know, uh, Luciferian or satanic, you know, the, the polarity that I see is selfish and selfless. Is that, is that I'm experiencing a polarity where a, a being wants to take ownership of creation or whatever's going on. Um, and that, and that is balanced or polarized by giving and, and becoming a part of it, you know, um, um, kind of, kind of evaporating into the ocean rather than trying to own the ocean. And, and those, and that, and that's, and that's a, that's a heavy balance. Um, you know, uh, and, and I guess, and I guess for me, I understand that, that, that the existence of both sides has to be necessary to have this experience, you know, and, and, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, um, you probably have, and, uh, the law of one. Have you heard of that? Uh, give us a rundown. Yeah. Yeah. Teddy. So, so whenever you were talking a few minutes ago, bro, um, uh, Juan, me and Juan were again, uh, looking at your content, it's really deeply intriguing for somebody like me, Teddy, who's a really profound thinker and who really tries to be cautious with his words and really articulate his thoughts. As you just pointed out, I saw your post on, on the law of one and the, the eye of raw, basically, you know, I saw that post and one saw me take down some notes on it. So I wrote down some things on, on what I thought about it, but um, obviously, I, I suppose that, 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 that you've done more research in that, you know, so. Yeah, give us a rundown of the Law of One, please. Okay, so, so the Law of One was a, was a work that was put out um, in the early 80s. And there was a group of researchers who were doing um, work with uh, metaphysics. And they had a woman come in who was able to channel... Um, this being who identified himself as Ra, which was a sixth density uh, group consciousness. And the entire two volumes are basically the teachings that came through this woman and every session word for word. And, you know, the only reason that I'm, I'm referencing it is that, you know, uh, he talks about um, the polarities um, and that, and that there are there are two ways that you can graduate Earth, and one of the ways that you can graduate Earth is that you can be, um, if your if your inner being is more than fifty percent, um, in in the service of others. Like if you're if you're fifty one percent selfless, you can you can kind of advance to the next level, whatever that is. Hey, Teddy, and, hey, bro, sorry, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. But hey, Teddy, uh, would you mind articulating, what do you mean by graduating Earth? So, so basically, basically, uh, Ra um, in the book says that, that 
that the the logos or the 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 universe is kind of is kind of um, uh, able to be observed in a way that's divisible through through densities of consciousness. So so different densities are kind of like the host for different levels of experience. Yeah. So, so for example, like first density experience, you know, so, so you have to, you have to, you have to believe in, you have to, you have to kind of have like the prerequisite for uh, reincarnation. Um, and the idea is that like at first density level, a, a, a being may choose to come to earth and for example, learn what it's like to be matter. At, uh, uh, you know, so maybe, uh, uh, you know, you might have the consciousness of being a rock or being dirt, right? And there's lessons there. And then, and then the second level consciousness, um, uh, second density is um, being, being an animal. And Ra was saying that one of the, you know, the key points in the second density is like learning to kind of take care of yourself. And then you come to third density and third density is, is where we're on this planet. The human body is the form, uh, is the host form for third density teachings. And the, the third, the third density teachings are, are about, working together and, and realizing and realizing the self, realizing that the, that the consciousness can, can be um, communal rather, rather than uh, singular. So, um, so what I find interesting that I was saying before is that, that he's saying that, that you can graduate from the third density in, in both polarity directions. You can, you can graduate if you're more than 50% in service to others or selfless or on the, on the opposite side, if you are 95% in service of yourself, selfish, selfish, that that is a way to graduate out of here also, but it's extremely hard. And he was saying, um, and he was talking about, um, uh, the qualities of selfishness of, of, um, and, and I guess you would say this is Luciferianism or Satanism is, is that the first quality is manipulation. And then the second level is enslavement because you want everything to come to you. It's like the polarity is like, like on the selfish side, you're the, you're the taker, the receiver of everything. You want everything to come to you. You want to, you want to be the center. And on the and on the giving side, the opposite polarity is that you're you're like a generator. You're giving out. So so I guess what I just thought was in, you know and and I you know I have no interest in in debating or or not debating or competing with your perspective. Like I love your perspective. Mm-hmm. I just find it interesting to to also just add like kind of like an energetic mathematical viewpoint that that the things that we're seeing in life that are manifesting are also kind of subject to these these laws of polarity and and that and that nothing is happening here in this in this reality without some type of dualism 
you know, you can't, you know, you can't have sound without silence. You can't have dry without wet. They're, they're all linked to something else. And I, and I find that when you analyze the behaviors of, of other beings through that kind of scope, it's just fun. And it just adds an, another bit of, of play to kind of understanding, you know, the workings of creator, I guess, you Hell know, yeah. that's really, you know, I love it. I love it when we have these type of discussions because we're doing it kind of in a civil way. And I hate it when, like, for example, if you were to bring topics up like this in the Middle East, you probably get your head cut off. But what I want to talk about is how it's interesting to me, this whole idea of spirituality and I guess what Drew calls objective truth. I think maybe there might be an objective truth, but to me, it's you work with what you got, right? If you were, if you grew up in India as a little kid and you were just programmed with uh, that type of religion, that's what you would believe. If you grew up in America and during this time, you would probably believe certain different things. And to me, what it all comes down to is that Christ consciousness, I guess in a sense, is that knowing that we are here, we are human, we make mistakes, but how do we overcome them and how do we get better and how do we create a community and try to raise each other's consciousness? Kind of like that whole analogy of the blind man and the, whole, the elephant. Have you heard of that one? No, no, tell me. Okay, so this is a story, kind of a, kind of a metaphor of uh, how people try to come to this understanding or knowing their subjective knowing of truth. So imagine there's three blind men, right? And there's a, an elephant in the room. And so these men, they're blind, and they can only touch and hear and, and sense. So in, in this analogy, the elephant is spirituality or God. So you have these blind men. They can't see, but they, they have other senses, and they can kind of perceive this, this entity, this, this animal, something there. They, and they know there's something there, but they can't see it. So they run their hands over it, and, and one guy, he's touching the trunk, and he says, wow, this feels like a long, strong snake. And the other guy's touching the belly, and he says, whoa, this is a wide, strong beast. And then the other guy, he's, he's tugging on the tail. He's like, wow, this is a very small, flimsy, little worm-like thing. And in a sense, they're all right, but they're gaining different perspectives of what they're sensing. So even though people might bicker and argue about what God is or how they want to describe him, to me, they're working with what they got, and they're sensing something, and they're describing it in the way that they understand their perception. Yes, and I think that's I think that's super that's super helpful because because that you brought that up, and thank you because because like you know I think Drew, you said like what do you you know do you think that there's one thing underneath right like one truth underneath it all, and and it's almost like like kind of kind of what Juan is saying is that like each one of us are like one of the the eyes of God like like together we all make like like his 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 sight and every one of us is is unavoidably having our experience you know even you know it's it's interesting it's interesting to work with um the idea that that you know like something you were saying, uh, Drew, was really sending me into like Wonderland a little bit. And I thank you for it, you know, about two plus two equaling seven, you know. And I was thinking, wow, like, even though it's not true, it's, it's, it's in, in a person's experience, until they learn it, it is also capable of being true to them. Right, yeah. 
People can right. be manipulated. Right. And so, so what's interesting is that, is that no matter what's happening, a person's perspective is real to them until they broaden their perspective. And, you know, I just wanted to throw this into the, into the, the hat here is that, I, you know, uh, you know, my idea of what I think Christ consciousness is, is kind of like, um, and, and I, and I, I, I hope this, I hope this does some good. It's like, uh, so it's, it's omnipresence, right? So, so basically imagine that like, you know, I had, I had a, a big mansion and I had like 12 security cameras set up, right? Non-Christ consciousness is, is thinking that I'm just the camera over the doorway, right? And that's all I see. Christ consciousness to me feels like the ability to see through every camera at the same time. Whoa. Is that, is that, is that, that's what, when, when, when you blast out, it's like, like the, the field is open and you can be anywhere and be any one of the cameras. Like not only, it's not, you know, it's kind of like you're the guy sitting at the screen watching all 12, but it's even more of that because you're, you're experiencing all 12 feeds at once. But instead of 12 feeds, you know, it would be, However many, I mean, you know, I, I want to ask questions like, you know, Jesus, does Christ consciousness, like, does it, does it surpass the limits of earth? Like, are you watching cameras, you know, that are, you know, you know, on other planets, you know, and, Mm. and, you know, so, so I, so, so Drew, like the, that's like one of the polarities that I play with is I feel like, like the, the that's open polarity that's the omni like i see i see all the all the perspectives at once and then the darkness is trying to bring all of the perspectives to one perspective it's the reverse you know so i find that my my only work with it is is when people are selfish or or trying to control or manipulate i i try to channel compassion for them because that's their understanding of love it, because because it's kind of like double sided, in it, it in in its in its like energetic like physics nature. I can't explain that like very scientifically. I'm really not that guy. But I but in my head I can kind of see, you know that that balance. And um, I just find it fun to work with it on that level. Yeah, I love you know? that too. Like to me, um, I know Drew has a real. He's very uh, he protects his energy like he's not going to go really looking into Aleister Crowley or uh, Marina Abramovich or this no, dark stuff. No, yeah, no, uh, Juan, you know, bro, there were plenty of times. I mean, the only way that I know about mysticism and the occult and uh, Satanism and, 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 and Luciferianism is because it was necessary for me and studying world government and things like that. I, I just find that that's that's one of the main influences you know even now on on, on youtube or do, doing research I, I still i still look into that because i, I think you have to you know yeah um, yeah you, well, you, you got to be aware of that yeah well stuff. what i'm trying to get to is like to me knowledge in a sense is not good or bad like a gun a gun is not good or bad it's who wields it and how they use it like you can go looking into this all dark occult alistair crowley magic stuff and then use it to like you said manipulate or control others but to me, the way I look at it is I go looking everywhere for information and knowledge. I'll look under every rock. I'll study and research everything. Yet, 
I know in my soul when to separate the bad from the good. Like, for example, this is another example I like, I like to give. Hitler was a terrible guy, nasty guy. I hate him. Terrible. But do you know, did you know that Hitler used to paint art? Like, he used to have paintings. He used to have beautiful paintings. Did you know that? Brother? I did not. I did not. Okay, well, look into it. You, you, you'll find that uh, before he became a, a dictator, a piece of shit, he used to draw bad as amazing paintings. And, like, to me, I know Hitler was a bad guy, but I can look at those paintings and appreciate the beauty that he was trying to create there. But then I can say, okay, I appreciate that, but this other stuff he's talking about, the, the main race and killing the Jews, fuck that. I, I know that in my heart that that's wrong. So, to me, it's kind of like uh, seeking but knowing what to take in and what to, to, to push away. Yeah, and I think, and I think you know, it's, it's, so, it's so mind-boggling because, because, you know, it's like, you know, like on the yin-yang, you see that there's the good and the bad and the bad and the good. And, and, and you know, Christ talks about that the, the road is so narrow, you know, that the road is so narrow, and 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 I and I really want to I really want to say say this before I forget, is that, you know, like you said, like like you're you're seeing like like you're seeing like both sides of that one man. You're seeing like a positive and a negative in one guy, and yeah. and I feel like, you know, that's just my personal opinion. Is like is like when I see when I see beings that are enlightened whether whether it's you know ananda mayama ramana maharshi nisar gardada like the, these these beings that have these beautiful teachings about understanding how to identify with not the body not even this lifetime but they identify with the thing that is having multiple lifetimes consciousness right they they when they finally learn that that's what they are it's like this big game and it seems like that they come out extremely indifferent to both things. It's like they understand that, like, n it's neither, you know. It's it, and that and that's how it's everything is because it's because infinity loves to remain kind of like balanced and undefined. Hmm. So that's uh, you know it, it's it's so hard to talk about. There's a there's a there's a there's an amazing 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 teacher on the Bible on YouTube. His name is Bill Donahue. Okay, he's like this relatively unknown guy, and he's a genius wizard teacher. And he talks about how the whole Bible has been misrepresented, and it's really just an alleg an allegorical book to to promote meditation and the rising of the Kundalini energy to throw open the right hemisphere of the brain. And if anybody can watch his stuff, Bill Donahue, he's got kind of like tan glasses on. You guys, if you can check it out, he is like, he's a game changer as far as, as far as breaking down why Christianity is the way it is, why this ritual happens, why we do this, why, and, and, and it's just a mind blow. And that's, you know, that's just something I really wanted to, um, to turn you guys on to because, whew, man, he, he really, he really, uh, is, is a, is a good dude. Hell yeah, there's they're just so much to me, like, sh I wonder what it would be like to go through almost every type of teaching and then see the similarities, the differences, the, the oppositions, all the different schools of thoughts, 
that people have come up with to, to try to describe this reality or this, this natural world. And it's just like, wow, it's crazy. Like you said, we all can have our own truth in a sense and come to our own understanding. And I, to me, honestly, I don't like sticking to dogmas because once you stick to a dogma, you're following people. And, and, and I remember from this one awesome documentary, who, who, he was all about Jesus, and he said something along the lines of that. People ultimately are smelly and they fart and they're unclean in a sense and that to be really connected to source, it's you don't follow a human, you follow your inner soul in a sense. And that comes without thought or preconceived notions or propaganda. It kind of just comes out of you, kind of like when kids, kids are always in that moment because they're not focusing on different theologies or teachings. They're just here in the moment living acknowledging and, and praising and loving life. Like when I see my daughter, when she wakes up and she's like, she's not thinking about right or wrong. She's not thinking about Lucifer or God or, or all these other teachings. She's just being and she's happy. And she's like, she'll be sad in one moment, but the next moment she'll be happy. And like in the Bible, it says, um, the kingdom of heaven belongs to these to people like these, to children who are not constantly overthinking and overanalyzing and trying to like, pin down one answer, one truth. They're just in the moment, always. Right, it's like trying to, right, they're, they're literally in the experience rather than like analyzing and like manufacturing the experience. Right, yeah, I love that. Okay, so we're getting heavy on the spiritual side, bro. Let's go back. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your music because ultimately I want to get to your sound therapy and how you heal people with sound. But first I want to ask you, how did you get into music, or when did you realize music was going to be a big part of your life? Oh, man. I, I have just always had the ability to, to understand that language. Uh, I feel like that's something that, that, that was just inside of me forever. Uh, I have, um, uh, I've been through ear training courses in college, and, and I, I think I still have it. I mean, I've been around a lot of loud stuff, but I, I had perfect pitch. Um, and just hearing and connecting to music, playing, playing drums, guitar, saxophone, piano, any, anything uh, to, to manipulate sound. Yes. Uh, and, and then transforming myself into sound. It's a, you know, Wait, changing form. But how old were you when you realized this? Was it when you were waking up, coming online? Oh yeah, we had we had like a little Charlie Brown piano in my house. I think when I was like five, and um, your parents played or or what? No, I'm the I'm like an alien. I'm the only one in my family that plays. Really awesome. That's amazing. But what was it like? You just started playing on your own. You would sit down on that piano and just mess with it, or your parents put you in classes? Uh, no, I I would I would sit and play and mess with it. And then I remember I was in third grade and I got the the recorder, the flutophone, mm. whatever you call it. You know, the, the it's a, it, I, I I always called it a recorder, but uh, and and I just it just everything just made total sense. And and my and you know my teachers all throughout, um, you know my my school would always tell my you know my mom like this kid is like like a scary fast learner. Like I just get it. Mm. I don't know. See, I love that. I love that when people figure out their thing at childhood, because then it gives them extra time to just harness it and to really learn it. So, okay, so you said it was the recorder that opened it up, and then you had that, that, that piano at your house. And so, um, and I see that you play the drums, and you say the play, piano and saxophone. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what's that instrument I seen you play? It looks like a UFO, like a, a steel it's maybe a steel drum, but it was like a UFO with gills. What is that instrument? It's so calming and so soothing. 
Uh, it, how uh, pretty big, like on my lap? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the, the handpan drum. Oh, okay, yeah, I love that thing. It it's Do you need to know how to play it, or you could just tap? It seems like you could just tap anything, or am I wrong? Yeah, you see, you you just nailed it. You can tap anything because it's it's fixed to a key, and and actually, I teach um, I teach music classes, and and basically, it's all about just giving the experience, and I use those to help people to help people just start off with confidence and have the experience and feel the music come through them you can just kind of you can't miss with those oh, cool, you know and then cool. you, you kind of jam along with them you know and uh yeah they're really cool you sing you know they help you open up your voice you know yeah that's I, that's a good beginner's instrument i guess people if y'all want to get into music and y'all don't know what y'all want to do start with that what was it called again steel drum Hand pan. Hand pan. Okay, yeah, y'all yeah. look into that instrument. Okay, so I, I also wanted to ask you this: What does music mean to you? Because I, I, one of my favorite quotes about music comes from James Brown, and and he said something along the lines that music is the universal language. And I'm curious to hear what your perspective on this is. Yeah, I I, I really agree with James, um, and uh, it feels like it feels like everything is moving and vibrating. At, at some speed and and the ability to manipulate sounds and emo and and d different sounds and different uh you know octaves different different levels of deepness and highness with the notes the the, the fact that those combinations have the ability to bring out emotional response in us yes. um is fascinating to me and and it feels like it feels like as human beings, like uh, that's I think one of our chief exports, like, you know, I was kind of saying this before, like, you know, um, bees make honey and it feels like humans, like our most organic thing that we actually make is music. Yes. yes. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and like just looking at it, even by being born, you're playing an instrument and it's your heart. It's always beating. It's always going to beat until the last day you take a breath. And uh, when you were saying that, it reminded me of this, this moment I had a long time ago. I took some acid, and I was jamming in my car to this new album. But at that time, you know Spoon, the band? Kind of like a... Yeah. I love that band. They had this album. I forget the album, but the song in it is Can I Sit Next to You. So if you all look that up, listen to that album. And there's a song, I think it's called it, uh, Pink or Pink On or something like that. But it's just instrumentals. And I had that thought that you were describing that... I was closing my eyes, meditating, you know, tripping, listening to that song. It's all instrumentals. And in my head, I got the vision that, that, that um, musicians, they're technically like music scientists. Because in my head, I saw the band like in a laboratory, messing around with instruments, with sound, generating emotions. And like that's the way I saw it. Like when I, whenever I, I now imagine an artist recording in the studio, I see them as being a scientific uh, musician, kind of like fucking with physics and messing with uh, vibration and sound, trying to create an experience at the other end to whoever's listening to the music. Yeah, and it's and it's wild. I mean, I mean, you know, that's like one thing you can really you can really get lost thinking about. Like, it's wild. Like, how does that even happen? You know, it's like you take one artist and they transform their emotion into this transmission right using using whatever and yep. then it's received and processed on the other side yes. and 
It can make people dance their ass off. It can make people lay down. I mean, it's like, wow. Make you cry. It, it really can, makes yeah. you like double take reality. You're like, wow. Like it's this so powerful. And uh, let's see, there was, and another thing that's so powerful about music, there's people who go through like, um, what's that disease when they forget things? Alzheimer's? Yeah, people with Alzheimer's, if you play them like music from their childhood, they'll remember stuff that they heard or experienced during the time that they were listening to that music. And I just think like, wow, the brain through music is so powerful that it can bypass that, that disease and actually pull back memories from a place that was unreachable. Yeah, yeah. I, and and it's, isn't, that, you know, isn't that interesting too? Like, you know, you may have had, you know, I, you know, you may have had an album that, you know, you listened to when you were in high school or, you know, and you listen back and it takes you back, like, right to, like, some one moment, you know? Like, I remember listening to, like, Injustice for All from Metallica, that album, and it takes me back to, like, Hell Week football practice when I was a sophomore. Wow, you know? yeah. And like, you can even like, smell the grass and everything, I bet. Right! It's like, holy crap, like, what is going on? Yeah, it's, it's so powerful. Wonderful. And that's another, uh, that's a tip I want to leave with y'all, the listeners. If y'all ever travel or go somewhere, put on an album that you probably never heard of, that you'd like, put it on and just listen to it. Because when you get back home and after the experience of traveling and all that wears out, Listen to that album and you'll be back there. You'll be back in that spot where you were. And I've done it. It was actually Spoon. I love Spoon. It's weird. I don't really listen to them, but I did travel to Mexico a couple years and I was jamming to them. And then whenever now I listen to them, I'm back in Mexico, essentially. Yeah, that's rad. All right. So here, let's see. I have another. Okay. I saw an awesome post you did about Dread and how it's the precursor to change. Can you break it down for us and help the audience understand what Dread truly is and how to use it? Okay, so in my experience, you know, and, and this, is, this is a fine line between having a gut feeling that something is wrong, right? And, and, having, and having, the, having the feeling of, of dreading something, right? Like it's a very, it's a very close emotion, uh, but, but there must be discernment, you know? If you feel like something's wrong, like listen to that, you know? But, but when there's, when there's a, an avoidance to do something, you know, uh, at, at the time, you know, what really made me um, write that post was that um, I had had experiences with, with dreading little random events in my life for like two weeks before it. And every time I experienced the dread, something would happen circumstantially that would kind of be the catalyst for me, like letting my guard down. Like I kept like trusting life more and more. And, and, and I started to notice that the precursor to that kind of like, ah, moment was like this buildup of dread, like, uh, you know, and in the post, I think I even say it, it's like, it's like right before, you know, you pop a pimple, there's this point of like maximum capacity where like the skin is stretching and it's like, oh, yeah. bam, and then it pops. Uh -huh. okay. and, I noticed, and I noticed that at, at that time I, I was doing this, uh, this drum circle by myself in, in this town. There was like this bizarre and, you know, I had not really, and I had really done one like that. And and I was just going to be by myself and I just brought like a microphone and some speakers and I built this like wild drum set and I was really kind of dreading it because I was nervous and um and I pushed through and I had a blast and like and you know I was really 
I was really working with some concepts from the Bhagavad Gita as well. And, and I, and I had, I had just had this experience where I was like, wow, like, like, it's almost like a tell, you know, like you can tell like, whoa, like, you know, like, you know, like someone's knee starts to hurt before it rains, you know, it's almost like, okay, here's dread. Like, here's an opportunity. Mm. Okay. Okay. And that, and I guess that's kind of like the alchemy that we were talking about is you can like turn that stuff in your favor you know, if you're, you know, so that, that was what it was about, basically. Yeah, man. And I want to invite the listeners to kind of interchangeably use the word dread with anxiety, because I, uh, growing up, I had a lot of anxiety. And now I've kind of learned how to mitigate it through deep breaths and meditation and all that. But yeah, like I've noticed, I guess I get that anxiety or that dread of like, oh, I don't want to experience this. I don't want to do this. But, you know, just push through. It'll be okay. It, it's always okay. At the end of the day, you'll be fine. And if not, you'll be dead. So it's, there's really nothing to worry about. Worrying is preposterous. Worrying is assuming that you know so much about the situation that, that you have the right to be afraid. So, yeah, I love how you put that. Like, just see dread or anxiety as something that you're afraid of, but just push through. You're going to make it. Like, don't be a little punk. Uh, yeah, I you know, know that. I, Go ahead. I want to you know, I really want to really then, like, I feel like me and you are, like, writing this song right now. You know, I want to say something else, too, uh, w that goes with what you're saying about the anxiety is I had this experience the other day, and, and I'm going to make, I almost started making a video about it this afternoon, but I'm going to do it is, is I had this experience where, you know, people go out on their life path, on their journey, and they get anxiety about their journey, you know, because they don't know what's going to happen, right? And, and, the, and the mind wants, wants that security. The mind wants to know every step of the way. But when you're following your dream, you're following your heart, like you don't know what's going to happen. And I had this like epiphany the other day where... Um, my, my, I, I was going up the stairs and I had to be quiet in my house. I had to be really quiet. And for the first time ever, I've been living in this house for 30 years. For the first time ever, instead of my feet going right up the middle of the staircase, my feet were moving to the sides and the corners of the staircase. And I went up completely silent. And, and what came over me was, okay, Ted, Necessity is the mother of invention, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. When you're on your mission, when you go out on your path, you don't know what you're going to need yet, so you don't know what you're going to invent. But when you know what you need as it comes, trust that, that, that your invention will answer. Right. And that really helped me with anxiety about following into unknown situations is that part of it is that I don't know what I need to invent yet. And then as soon as I get into the situation okay, now I know what I need. And that's part of like, you know, I guess the journey, but that really helped me too. Like, you know, with, like you said, like the worry, like you don't know what you're going to need. So like trust that when you get into that spot, you're going to say, I need a screwdriver. Oh, we don't have that. Okay. I need a butter knife. Okay. Boom. You know, and then you're there and it's like, you know, like the situation is really the, the teacher, mm -hmm. you know, you can't, you can't kind of like, punk the the, the 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 classroom by trying to learn everything without stepping down the line you know yeah. i don't know yeah, i really no, I like get that when I, when you were saying that i was getting the, the statement of just trust your intuition you don't know what to do when the time comes and if you don't you'll probably die and it'll be okay then too <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, let's get to the part that i really want to talk to you about because 
like again, to me, sound is so vital. Like in all the ancient traditions, they say in the Bible it says the word was in the beginning. It was it was uh, Jesus or whatever. It was sound that created. And in the Hindu version, they say that Om was the beginning sound of creation. So, in different cultures, you have different ideas, but it always starts with sound. And so, I want to get to this topic. When uh, in, in the sessions you provide, you 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 do these things called. Um, sound baths and you mix them in with yoga. Can you talk to us about what are sound baths? Okay, so basically, so basically a sound bath is a, is a is a is a a form of meditation, a form of yoga. Yoga meaning union with God, right? Some type of some type of way to u- unite with the consciousness, right? And people people lay down and you use you use a series of different sounds and tones. Let, let me cut you off. Sorry. What what is the setting that you're in? Let, let's let's provide the setting where you're at because I think that's very important also. Um, usually indoors uh, has better acoustics and volume, but you can do it outside. Uh, indoors, like a yoga studio uh, or anything you know uh, that's nice and reverberant, like churches, anything anywhere where sound carries okay. um, and is comfortable. People lay on a yoga mat. Uh, they have a blanket and a pillow, um, and they and they try to get as comfortable as possible. And they lay on their back. And what I do is I walk them through uh, a little bit of breath work, and then and then I guide them to help them let go of their body, um, so that they can reach the meditative state. And then and then the sound kind of helps hold their left brain um uh, uh it, it kind of, it kind of helps them lean on something okay. right so so their so their left brain like an anchor able, point yeah it's able to kind of lean on the sound and we're working with the breath and and mm. on top of it the the frequencies that are coming from the instruments are creating a sympathetic uh, response in each person. So sympathetic response is basically like, you know, everybody's everybody's experienced this at some point. You know, you put on the stereo really loud in your house, and like the glasses shake in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. You know, so so basically what that means is that is that two things that are that are sharing the same mathematical vibratory properties will resonate at the same time. Okay. okay, so when you're playing a certain instrument, you can resonate certain parts of people's physiology that may bring up uh, certain emotions that they're feeling, uh, and 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 they get a chance to experience it in a way where they they can maybe release it, mm-hmm. um, um, or or get a better insight on it, you know. Um, you know, it's it's really it's really a meditation aid. Uh, a lot of times, people um, will have experiences where they they completely um, relax their body so much that they kind of achieve theta state. What is theta? Um, theta is the is the brainwave uh, frequency that we are in, like right when we're falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right when we wake up, or if you were me in high school, like when you're sleeping in class on your desk and you can like <laughs> kind of hear the teacher, but you're like also like running through the streets of Manhattan in your dream. Right, right. You know, right. you're kind of like in between worlds. Yes, yes. Um, that's that's a that's a really powerful state for visions. Mm. Visions. Um, 
So, so people, people can really, people can really feel recharged after they do this because they're letting go of their, of their body and, and the energy is allowed to leave. It's almost like we were talking about the chaos element before is that, you know, sometimes I've noticed in, in my work with, with different levels of consciousness is that, that the body wants to self heal. The body wants to just like the DNA is like programmed to just like heal itself. But a lot of times our idea of what healing is, our, our conscious creator energy is kind of blocking that, that signal, like, like our, our sword of creator consciousness energy is so influential and powerful that our idea of what healing is, is actually blocking actual healing. So when people kind of take their hands off the steering wheel in a sound bath, their, their bodies are able to, to, to receive kind of the infinite intelligence that's all around us that, that wants to help repattern their, their existence, kind of like with the, the shapes that you see in cymatics. Mm. So, so it, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's really profound. It's a beautiful way to um, create community and to be of service to others. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I, I'll listen for more questions because I could just kind of wrap up. That was, that was very powerful. And it kind of did answer that question that I posed at the beginning. Like, does doing certain, uh, I guess you could call them rituals or chanting or certain uh, actions that you could do to heal yourself. And that when you were saying that, yeah, that, yeah, the body has a tendency to want to heal itself. But then this is where my whole spiel comes in about how media is a propaganda. Your whole life, you're, you're, you're pumped in with that idea that you need to take drugs and consume things from the outside to heal what's inside. But the way you were describing it was amazing that, that what you do is you get him into this theta state where you kind of, they're in that meditative sp space where they're not thinking about anything the, all those preconceived notions of taking drugs or, or just depending on doctors and medicine goes away and you let the innate uh, natural body do what it wants to do, which you say is heal itself. That's amazing. Don't, I think you did answer my question. You let go of everything, every preconceived notion, and trust yourself fully in the body that it can do what it needs to do and that it will carry it out. Wow. That's fucking it's, powerful. It's, it's like... It's like it's like that 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 state that everybody's going to it's it's only really beable like you can't think about it and go there like 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 teddy can't go there yeah like i can just be it and i leave teddy at the door right and um and and, and i agree i agree i agree with you so much about about tv and all that stuff because because it's really it's really like trying to, that whoever is, you know, you know, you, you would say somewhere, you know, Dr. Claw is behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> theoretically, and, and he's trying to dominate one perspective on everybody's perspective, mm -hmm. you know, and he's trying to blanket it. And, 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 and whether it's meditation or whatever, you know, the, the point is, is to let the mind try to reach a point of, of single pointedness so it can open up yeah you know because as long as the mind is going you know like a monkey jumping around in a cage you're you're on you know your consciousness is along for the ride but when you start to slow down and breathe you can kind of like unlock yourself right. and i think that that's kind of 
what media and exciting, exciting, you know, television and ideas, it's, it's keeping everybody bouncing around rather than going in. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's so, it's so, it's like, it's got good and bad, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, what's without good and bad, but yeah. yeah. Hey, one, uh, Teddy, I think it's really interesting how, how you guys brought up the, the different types of brainwave cycles, because just a few days ago, I was uh, doing research in my condo, and I had actually written down the five brainwave cycles on my board uh, whenever I was researching, and I liked how you brought up the theta state, Teddy, because um, so I brought up this, this, this Google image um, about the brainwave cycles, and um, uh, it lists uh, the theta state to be four to eight cycles per second, and it's identified as the superconscious. And what it says is that in this brainwave state, you're drowsy, tranquil, uh, unconscious, light sleep, shamanic journeying, access to the fifth dimension, and non-ordinary reality, the upper and lower worlds. And um, yeah, you know, I, I, I really do find that uh, to be quite fascinating because I think it's our thoughts, our gamma state, brainwaves, um, all the doubts and, and the worries that really hinder that, that, that automatic healing that our, that our consciousness actually does without us even having, ha having to lift a finger, you know? Um, I, I was telling Teddy how... Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 And um, it's funny how uh, under subconscious, it's, uh, with, it's uh, with the alpha brainwave cycles, it says deeply, uh, it says eight to 13 cycles per second. But it says in the subconscious, they're deeply relaxed, light hypnosis, meditation, biofeedback daydreaming just before and after sleep i remember reading about how a lot of word word affirmation gurus say to re, uh, recite these before and after sleep because that's whenever your brain could be more receptive to them but it also says in the subconscious alpha brainwave state you're also watching the movie and, and me and juan have done a tremendous amount of research on about how how the different um, scenery in movies, television, and stuff like that, uh, unfortunately, they have a lot of uh, subliminal propaganda um, not um, helpful for, for an individual soul, but they have it there because in that subconscious brainwave state, you're more receptive to this. And so then you wonder why you're acting or believing in a certain way whenever you know you're, you're 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 consuming all of this media and you're not really aware about what's entering in, into your deepest logical uh, in, into your deepest mental facilities dude you just said something that i was like you just hit you just hit something that i was hoping that that maybe we would hit and um and i i want to like i want to like I want to like ride a horse like alongside of you and talk about this. Um, okay, so so I want to I want to I want to I want to say one other thing, and then I want to and then I want to talk about what you talked about the environment. Um, so another interesting form of sound uh, work that you can do is something called binaural beats. Have you guys heard oh, of this? Oh yes, yeah, I love yeah, that. I yeah, love that. Yeah, I've heard of that. 
Okay, so so the, so the concept behind this, so, so Drew, you were talking about the different brainwave states, right? Yeah. So if you have a set of headphones, there is a, a, a type of music that's available. Uh, you know, you can go on Spotify or whatever platform and you can listen to it. Um, um, but basically what happens is the brain can't process two different frequencies at the same time. So basically binaural beats is... If I put, let's just say, for example, if I put in my in my left ear something that's pulsating at 100 beats per minute, right, and then in my right ear, my right ear, I put something that is pulsating at 106 beats per minute. The brain doesn't know what to do with that, so it, it assumes the difference, and you go to six, you go to theta. It'll it does the math, and you get six. Damn. Right. I didn't know that. So yeah, so so you know, I don't I don't know this guy. I, I you know he's someone that that I that I have listened to some of his stuff. It's J S Epperson, and he makes binaural beats, and they're pretty cool. Um, but you can the, but there's binaural beats for all of the different brainwave sets. So you can you can try to get yourself all the way up to gamma. There's ones for sleep, but remember that there are headphones mandatory because you your your brain needs to not be able to triangulate the source has to be two feeds you know what i mean yeah and it kind of like syncs up in your in the middle in your mind right like it's like if you it's like if someone put a hundred dollars in my left hand and a hundred and six dollars in my right hand like i just somehow keep six and give back both hundreds right wow that's a good way of of explaining it i never thought about it the brain the brain just like decides like okay i'll just be the difference yeah and um and then and then you know I always, you know, I got to tell you, you guys that I, I'm somebody, I haven't, I haven't had a TV or watched TV. I haven't had a TV in my house in over, I don't know, six years, six and a half years. And, and I, and I, and I really just got tired of like the junk in my head. Um, and, um, and I was, and I was, uh, in a, in a deep meditative state and, and I was working with, um, some type of some type of teacher and basically what i heard in my head was that was that along with television one of the major the major elements that are coming in that are are really altering your perception is the environment is the background is like you you know you're looking you're looking at the characters and the story but the world that they live in is really you're it's really what sneaks past your vision yeah. and, and, and you accept the, the reality that they live in. And then you say, wow, you say, well, that's really something interesting to behold because, you know, how many movies take place in like some utopian, <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, I don't know any that take place. You know, yeah, it's, it's like, all dystopian. Like, you know, yeah, it's all, it's, you know, and, and I really, I really, it's so funny, Drew, that you said that because I think that's, that's one of the, the, the it's like right in front of you. You know, and and um, and I, you know, I did listen to your guys' podcast, and I, you were talking. Um, I don't know which episode it was. I think it was in the twenties, and you were talking with a guy about the the flicker rate on the TV. Yeah. Right, and and it's like, and you get into that hip hip, you know, yeah. a suggestible state, yeah. and then, and then here's the environment, right. you know, and it's like, and you're just like, uh huh, uh huh, yep, uh huh, uh huh, toll booth, uh huh. You know, it's uh-huh. like the hypnotist like, when the hypnotist puts that little uh, uh, what's it called handheld clock and waves it in front of you. It's kind of like just putting you in a trance and you're just blindly accepting whatever he's telling you. 
I think right. TV puts you in right. that theta state also, doesn't it? Is it theta that it puts you into? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe Drew knows more the, because he had the fresher research. I, I, I feel like I feel like gamma is like your highest. Gamma is like gamma is like like you're ha like you know you're having like Christ like a mystical you know, experience maybe. Yeah, and then theta is I think I think the lowest. Well, well, bro. Um, so on this article that I have up right now, me and Juan are reading it. Gamma is forty to eighty cycles per second but gamma is really the highly attentive states of consciousness it's basically where you i and Juan are at we're we're uh we're we're using words and you know logical facilities no i think that would be delta we're in data or beta beta so so but but gamma i is, think that would be gamma would be like a religious experience where you're meditating like really in the zone this is super conscious though bro like highly attentive to be attentive you, you got to be you know, uh, aware. Uh, using log, you know, aware. like words, okay. like logical Logic isn't associated with. But this is conscious. Look, I think we're in conscious beta right now. But gamma or, or beta, but it's like fully awake, alert. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think, I think beta is like beta is like waking life. Mm hmm Yeah. Like beta normal everyday. Like, yeah, normal everyday. Gamma so. is like, is the uh, gamma is the organization of of information. So it's basically somewhat beta gamma is somewhat you know um uh gamma is higher than beta but i think what we're talking about in terms of like you know um what subjects are under uh with mk ultra they'll, they'll probably they're probably in theta or delta because delta is five um five or four cycles per second but it's called the dream state and you're deeply unconscious asleep you're astral traveling dreaming visiting other dimensions Right, delta's the lowest, right, you're right. Delta, then theta, then alpha, then beta, then gamma. Yes, sir. Right. According to this article. Yeah, isn't that so cool? I mean, it's like, so that, so like, that's kind of like, and the sound healing experience, you know, I, I hate to use the word healing because it's like, it's just a meditation, but because each person is their own, each person is their own doctor, it's just how much can they relax and feel safe right. to allow themselves to, to let go, yeah, letting of, go. Uh -huh. of, of needing to, to know, like, like it's almost like your consciousness wants to participate in, in the healing, but it's like, that's the thing that's stopping you. The ego. You know? It's we like, you got to get out of the car and put it in the garage. Like you can't keep driving it and fix it. Right. You know, yeah. that's kind of the, that's kind of the essence of the experience. So, so how did you come across this sound, uh, this sound bath type of type of work? Uh, I was, I to tell you, I tell you, uh, the real story was that um, I was uh, working with my aunt, and my aunt uh, used to have this property, and uh, and she would have these visions that they were uh, like Confederate soldiers, like burying something. And every now and then we would get together and she would have these hunches and we would kind of like dig holes on her property looking for whatever it was. Really? And, yeah. And, uh, and I mean, it, you know, it was really fun. I mean, you know. Or maybe it, she was just putting you to work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we dug, I mean, we dug holes. Did y'all find something? So then, what did y'all find? Uh, like a lot of garbage. Like, I guess people <laughs> in the 40s and 50s, they would just, you know, bury garbage and burn it and stuff. Okay. And uh, we found a lot of garbage. I think, I think... It, I think I found like a horse bone, okay. like some huge like horse, you know, 
little stuff, knickknacks and stuff. But you know, I mean, we we had we had a we had a really fun time. I mean, that's a fun earthy adventure. You okay. know, I don't know anywhere else in the galaxy you can go and like they assemble hold. atoms in that way and have that experience. But she uh, <laughs> she. Uh, she told me one night, she was like, yo, do you want to go to this thing? And I was like, you know, she's like, it's a sanity thing. She's like, all you got to do is kind of like lay on your back. And then this guy runs around and plays all this weird stuff. And you kind of like, you know, you kind of zone out. You kind of like, you have visions. And I was like, you know, okay. And, and that was honestly the first time that I ever went to any kind of group meditation or any kind of like group gathering that had to do with... Alternative. Like... Yeah, like knowing what's going on inside. Like in, until then, I was like a total like, you know, uh, normie, virgin, virgin to that. You know, I didn't know. You know, I never. I, I felt self self conscious, I guess. And then I started going, and I was like, "This is the best." How old were you? Um, uh, probably. Uh, let me see. Probably like third, like early thirties. Oh, okay, so you were you were already older. Yeah, but that's awesome, man. See, like all these alternative things, and uh, I'm, I'm guessing your aunt is more like also into this type of alternative, oh, yeah. figure out your own type of way stuff. Yeah, yeah. My family, my 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 mom and my aunt are like really, you know, they kind of paved the way in our in our family with um, making that stuff uh accessible yeah accessible and like encouraging and being like you know like i was attuned i was attuned to reiki when i was like 14 oh, you know yeah. i didn't even know what the hell was going on but i <laughs> but I, I, I was a lady was like blowing smoke on me i was like what the hell's going on yeah i don't know <laughs> but yeah uh super cool family yeah, man. See, that's amazing. And that's why I love podcasts so much because there's people out there in the middle of nowhere, maybe in the Midwest, who probably live with a loser family who's just all about just the 3D world. And they're not looking into this alternative, different, powerful stuff that really can really penetrate and really change your life. And I think it's that's why I love podcasts because you can listen to something and it'll just throw an idea and you go and look for it and you discover a whole new world. So all of y'all listening, share this podcast. Tell somebody, hey, I... I listen to this weird ass guy. He's always talking about weird shit, but it works, and, and there's something to it, and that's why I love it. So, these sound baths. I see you're hanging around with these like tuning forks. Is that that's what you use, or you use any type of instrument? Well, you know, there's there's a, well, this is a great question. There's a lot of different instruments that that can induce a lot of different a lot of different kind of kind of states. Um, tuning forks are one way. Um, um, Singing bowls. Uh, my one of my personal favorites are the gongs. Gongs are like really, you really go out. You know, you really go out. Um, you know, and and uh, and the tuning forks are interesting because they have they come they come with different tunings, right? So, you know, this is something that you know you guys you guys may be interested in. You know, via the the nature of your show is that is that when you have musical scale. All right, have you guys heard of like the 440? Yes, um, we love that, 432. Right, you've heard of like the, you know, that the, the, the Rockefellers in like 1930 or whatever, they changed the... the, the Tuning standards. The, the, yeah, they changed it, right? So like, so that so it's interesting to play with, uh, you know, alternate stuff. So, you know, tuning forks can be, can be tuned um, in one way that's kind of like a musical scale, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, mm -hmm. you know, and A is based somewhere. 
But then you can also have uh, tuning forks that are tuned to Fibonacci, oh. uh, which is kind of like the Nautilus, um, uh, kind of more more uh, in increments of ratios, yeah. rather than rather than you know uh, working with with notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, just like with the binaural beats, what really creates the spaciousness for the person is. Um, when you combine two of the sounds, because the distance between the two sounds is what opens up different types of, of, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I can speculate a ton, a ton of adjectives that I would call it, but kind of like these, like all, all alternative spaces, you know, where you kind of, you know, you're, you know, like, like if you hit an octave, uh, you know, that's that that exists in every set an octave so if you hit like low c and high c that opens up this kind of this kind of portal or this space where the pe- where people can can experience different levels of themselves and um there's uh different things you can do with tuning forks like um you can scan someone's etheric body their energy body you can scan for where they're holding energy kind of outside of their physicality. So you can hit the forks and you kind of wave it like maybe three or four feet over the top of their body and you can hear the fork will kind of like dip its its tone a little bit. Wow. And you like, gotta find the denser energy and you can help the person like work it out that really? way. So it can pinpoint yeah, that, it can pinpoint blockages and stuff? Yeah, that that the the book the book on that is called Tuning the Human Biofield. That's where you know you kind of learn about about how to work with that, and you know, you know, one thing that I think should be said is that you know, the the chakra system and all these things, you know, these are, you know, these are like emotional energy complex centers in our being, you know. So like you know, you've heard that like you know the root chakra has to do with like safety and being grounded, and you know your solar plexus can be willpower and and confidence and your throat can be you know using your voice and your create you know each one has its own different thing yeah so you really you really work with the person to help understand the blockages you know I, i feel like you see a lot of stuff out there where it's like people are trying to pry open people's chakras like it's a can of tuna or something and it's <laughs> you know i think i think you gotta help them energetically negotiate whatever the lesson is uh, or the teaching or understanding or you know evolution of whatever aspect of that life they're learning but yeah and then you know another one that i find fascinating is the is the shamanic drumming oh um, yes i wanted to ask you about that explain to us what shamanic drumming is please so like so like basically like once you're once you're exposing someone to a constant a constant uh droning uh, pattern of of drumming yeah like a, a constant beat a constant tempo you know what happens is is that 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 air moving that that air moving against their eardrums for that prolonged period of time will really lull them right into into one of these altered states into wow. these theta states or whatever and and a lot of the, and a lot of the the you know i i don't i don't i'm going to generalize and say you know our ancestors you know they they would do it to themselves and hold the drum close to their ear Damn. and i think it ha- i think it has 
conscious effect from the physics that the air is moving and fluttering at a, at a constant pace right. and there's something soothing but i also think subconsciously it has something to do with like remembering our mother's heartbeat yes yes that's what i was thinking about and uh and it's and it's fa it's fascinating you know sometimes i do i do sound baths and you know i bring like this whole regimen of stuff and really like you know i would love to just sometimes just drum for people because after a while you people people come out of these things and they're here they heard singing with they, they wake up and they look at each other did you hear a guy walk in the room and say this and the other person's like no did you see and it's like their minds open up and um and it's really fascinating to get their feedback but you know that's one thing that it's important to understand about sound bath is that it's not really a performance you know, you're really trying to help somebody feel comfortable and and sometimes being too ornate or articulate with your playing can cause the ego mind to get interested. Like, ooh, what's that? You know, and and now you're and now you're grabbing their their consciousness and they and they're and they're latching it on and you're trying to help them drop it. Hey, bro, yeah, that's so, fucking so awesome. When you were talking yeah. about that thing about the drumming, I was like, okay, how you're saying how it's vibrating against your eardrum. You have the drum and then the emptiness, the silence. What I was, what the, the vision I got while you were saying that was like, it's kind of like maybe, maybe I'm just making this up maybe, but it, to me it was like that vibration of on and off kind of relating back to the simulation theory that maybe what if you're kind of hacking into something and remembering, throwing a remembering at yourself that it's an on and off kind of a bite. I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah, like binary, like yeah, bin one zero, exactly. One zero, yes, that's what I was zero. thinking about. Yes, binary. Yeah. It's kind of like reminding you, okay, it's this is all binary, zeros and ones, on and off. What if this is kind of like a remembrance of the that all of this is a simulation and that you are all powerful, that you just have to recognize and realize that all of this is type of maybe an illusion, and that if you just kind of let go, you'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, and 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 I think and I think that that in that in that letting go i think you know what i've learned is is so much about about conviction like like the more you, when you believe it that's when it that's when it's that's when it happens like when you when there's zero doubt yes then you're there yes you know yeah and and i and uh, you know yeah it's 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 fascinating, and another another one that's fascinating is the the golden bowls, like the 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 you know they look like metal. They're kind of like uh, the Tibetan bowls, the yeah, Himalayan bowls. I love those. You know, people, you know, you put those on people's body, you put them around their body. Sometimes there's a guy named Greg Hayner. Uh, he has a he has a, a beautiful practice, and you know you can take people and they put them in like a warm jacuzzi and they put them on a float. And they got the bowls in the water, so now like the water is holding the vibration. Whoa. I mean, people, yeah, you really, you know, and 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 honestly, like you know, you want to you want to you want to have a release. You want to cry. You want to you know. I mean, the the body's holding all this energy. You know, the body's holding all this trauma, all this energy, and and part of it is because our society has has established that it's normal to not cry, or to not. You know, like you were saying, the kids, they cry, then they're happy. Mm -hmm. They're letting the energy go, yeah. you know? And then as we get old and we're like, oh, can't cry now, can't, you know, can't have a bad day now. And, and 
And even Buddha talks about how that's what, that's what one of the things that makes us suffer so much is that we deny so much of our, of our true self. We only want to put what, what's quote unquote presentable forward and we repress, you know, the, the opposite, the bad stuff. And, and, uh, so, so sound, sound meditations are a chance for people to kind of touch that stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, and, and, and the last thing I'll say is that it's, it's a, a beautiful chance for people to, you get this, you get to, you get this place of, of inner peace and contentment and, and it's eye-opening because you start to go through your life and you realize there's this aspect of yourself that you didn't really realize, especially when a person has a new experience. Like, they're like, whoa, like, it's almost like they found another room in their house. Yes. Like, I can go in here, yes. you know? And then all of a sudden they start to deal with the frustrations in their life from their center rather than being on the periphery the whole time. Um, and that's really, that, that's really magical and beautiful um, to, to, to deliver like water and sunshine to someone's center so they can grow it, you know? Definitely brother, man, when you were talking about uh, Greg Hayner right there, it reminded me of this experience I had just last week. Uh, I've been taking my daughter to the pool and so, uh, she likes to play around swim. I just like to lay back and meditate and just kind of let the water get in my ears and drown everything out. And so I, I discovered this super weird-ass cool thing, which reminds me of that thought that I always have, like, who was the first person to eat mushrooms or to smoke weed, like, the first experience of anything. And so what I was laying down, and I was right there by the stairs, just kind of, like, letting my body flow. And there was a rail guard that takes you into the pool that you hold on to. And so I hit it. I, I don't know. For some reason, I just thumped it. And it reverberated in the water, and it was making this tone. And it reminded me of this that you were saying when they put people in the water with singing bowls. I was laying down and I hit this pole and it like made this sound. And it was like I could feel the vibrations going through the water and then going into through me and, and shaking the molecules, the water molecules inside of my body. And I got this weird experience. It reminded me of you for some reason. I don't know what exactly, but because uh, we, we had already planned this, this uh, podcast. And I reminded, it reminded me of you. And I was like, I had to bring this up to him because... I sensed this and this vibration. I was like, man, I wonder if this is similar to how somebody probably discovered this type of technology where you can transmute sound through through water and have it penetrate you in a way. Yeah, you know, um, right. And 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 whether it's whether it's you know water or even the floor is that some you know when when a person. You know, when when the sound is is loud enough, you know, and, and you know, and I'm working with different amplifications and stuff, and, and and when the sound is loud enough, you know, it really has the ability to penetrate your 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 cells, yeah. you know, and 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 as you guys are aware, some of the some of the the frequencies that you can deliver are are very very um, harmonious with your 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 physical makeup and they, and and you can really you can really kind of like dissolve your your yourself into the sound and it's a, and it's an incredible tool for people who are who are learning to um to access that inner space like uh, the only other thing that I, that I feel like um 
it's helpful like that. Is it, have you guys ever heard of the sensory dep deprivation float tank? Yes, I'm dying to try one of those. Have you? Yeah, same thing. Like you, you know, you, you know. I would say if you can do the, if they have the egg where you close the top over yourself. Yeah. You know. You've done and, it. You know, yeah, and do and do the ninety. You know, do ninety minutes, and um, and and you can't you can't sink. And and one of the things that's amazing about it is. It's like the first time that you ever really get to let go of your neck. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you don't really let go of your neck anywhere. And all of a sudden you're just like, I remember I got in there and I let go of my neck and I just started crying. Really? Yeah, I just started crying. I mean, I mean, I mean crying is my favorite release. I mean, it's like, you know, it's not like a wussy thing to me. It's like, it's like the ultimate like way to like refresh your brain. Yeah. You know? And you know what the weird thing about that is, is that whenever I eat mushrooms, I like naturally cry. It's not out of sadness or joy. It's just that it's my body through the mushrooms physiologically wants to cry. Have you experienced that? Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's and it's a and it, and it's beautiful because because it's even it's like you're witnessing the tears, but it's also so profound. You know, it's like it's like sometimes you cry at like the beauty of God or the beauty of of existence or. You know, you just feel at home with God or, or whatever it is. But, but that, that crying is, is it, it feels like, it feels like almost the feeling of growing itself. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's almost like some kind of growth spurt where you're leaving behind like, like a version of yourself, right. you know, you're, it's like, it's like, uh, and to me, like, to me, it's kind of uh, like you're placing yourself at a vulnerable place. You, you don't have the ego to be like, oh, I'm not going to cry. You just let go and you just feel and express your emotion and let it go. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, and that's, and that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that, and, and that, and that's, that's medicine, you know, like that's like, man, that's, yeah, I really, I mean, I mean, that, that whole area, I love, I love the, the, the benefits that, that people can experience because sometimes it, it, with whether it's sound or what you mentioned is that it, it tends to help people in a way that they don't know they need to be helped. Yeah. yeah. You know, the experience is like, what I, Oh, I had no idea that was in there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, you don't know how to access it because the, the ego kind of suppresses it in this like overprotective mechanistic, like savior, action but it, when it when it's able to release it's like this weight goes with it you know like, yeah. Ah, you know yeah yeah that's amazing i love this type of talk brother you're amazing uh, okay i have Thanks. another question um you mentioned a lot that about the moose and how it's your spirit animal and, and you've taken some pictures of moose or meese i don't know how you say it i think you mentioned <laughs> you know it's funny yeah okay go ahead uh, what, how would you call plural mo moose? Okay, well, it's funny. It's funny. I make a joke all the time that I, I try to, it's like a dad joke. I always try to convince people that it's actually like oxen. It's mooksen. And I've been doing that for like decades. Where I try to tell them, did you know it's mooksen? And they, every now and then you get a person who buys it. And then I tell them, <laughs> you know, like half hour later, I'm, I'm kidding. But what is it though? Um, what, what is the word? It's it's just moose. It's like it's like deer or fish. Oh, okay. no, it's just it's like oh, I saw twelve moose. Oh, okay. There's no, there is none. <laughs> okay, now um, I fucking get it. Thank you. Okay, but so, so uh, how does so it? So my yeah. 
So my spirit, what, you know, everybody, so everybody carries some type of spirit animal totem and anybody who's, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you encounter, if you encounter an animal in your travel or a picture or something resonates with you, you know, if you see an animal and it kind of like gives you a feeling, you know, investigate it. And, and one word that you can follow it when you search it is the word totem. And that kind of means like the flag, the, the qualities that that animal carries. Okay. Hey, hey, Teddy, um, uh, how do you spell totem? T-O-T-E-M. T-O-T-E-M. Hey, uh, real yeah. quick to intersect, have you seen the movie Hot Rod? No. Okay, watch it and you're going to remember what we're talking about. That's all I'll say. But continue, please. Okay. Okay, so... So like, you know, everybody's, everybody's got a totem that they work with and some, and some totems are, you know, you can look up totems like via your like astrology chart, but you can also like, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, with different, uh, like native American tribes, like sometimes like an elder can like assign a totem to you if they, if they see that quality in you. Um, and, and, and I've had that experience, um, where I've had uh, one assigned to me and it was chipmunk, right? And and it was an interesting story because it happened to me um, when I had I had I had I had been on my spiritual, you know, journey or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's there's no one that's not on a spiritual journey, I would say. Right. But, you know, at that moment I was, you know, I was really trying to find that spot in myself and um and and at this moment in time I had given up like wanting a spirit animal, like everybody in my circle around me, everybody had theirs, you know, this guy was this, that guy was that, and I didn't have one. And, uh, and I, you know, and I gave up and, you know, and it was funny because, you know, everybody wants something, you know, like badass, you know, like at first, like, <laughs> Oh, wolf. you're the, yeah, you're the wolf or you're like the, you know, saber tooth tiger or you're the, you know, grizzly bear. Yeah. You're the, you and, know, and, and you got and, chipmunk. And I got chipmunk, but I, it totally made sense, and I love it. And you know, chipmunks, uh, and and I carry other ones too. But chipmunk, chipmunk is like my main one. And chipmunk is is beautiful because chipmunks are their master of escape, right? Oh. So like, so like, part of their totem is like they know how to get out of stuff, right? So in my life, so in my life, I realized that I had had my chipmunk energy kind of like in reverse it was kind of working against me. And, and, and up until that moment in my life, I realized that I had really been escaping a lot of my lessons in my life, you know, whether it was through, you know, in the early part, you know, early part of my life with, you know, different substances or, or whatever habits, you know, I was really escaping, but, but you can also turn that power into your, into your favor. If you learn how to, how to, kind of like listen to the to the message so i learned that i was escaping and chipmunks are also very musical and they're also funny and they also and they also plant seeds so you know they're they're the, the gardeners of the forest so they like to you know plant seeds and, and as a human I, I love to do that with stuff like we're doing like just put little seeds into people you know hey check out this guy hey have you heard of maharaji hey you know have you done this and then and then let it grow uh so like when when i was given the name the 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 elder he didn't know yet that my name was theodore and in the chipmunks the drummer's name is theodore the, wow. the tv show and uh and I told him, well, my name is Theodore. And he thought that was like the funniest thing. And, um, 
and I really embraced it. I love it. Uh, you know, at the time I had like a, like a long mohawk and it's like, a, you know, the, the chipmunk has the stripes down its back. And, mm. and I was like, this is why my hair is like this. And, and, uh, you know, it's just really beautiful to, to work with whatever animal you connect with. Yeah. Um, there's a book by an author named Ted Andrews. It's called animal speak. Okay. And he kind of, and he kind of breaks down, you know, and, you know, it just breaks down each, each one, you know, and, and they're, they're limitless. And, you know, just like we've been talking all night, everybody has their own perception, but you know, it's nice to have a starting point, you know, just cause somebody says, this is what a goose means. Doesn't mean that you have to take it, but you know, it's, it's something to, to get going. And then you kind of, you kind of develop your own, but for someone that's listening and they're like, what, you know, it's a cool place to start, yeah. you know? Yeah. I love how you mentioned of how to turn your weakness into something and use it for yourself. It reminds me of the show, The Office. I know you don't watch TV, but the I Office, know that show. Okay. Well, Michael Scott, he's at an interview. He's like losing his job and he's trying to get a job somewhere else. And the final question they ask him is, what is your weakness? And, and he responds by saying, well, my weakness is actually my strength. I care too much. And so that's kind of when I kind of want to reverberate it back to like, yeah, use your weakness and turn it around and use it to your benefit because that's all we can do here. Use what we got and make the best out of it. So with that, I want to thank you so much, Theodore, for, for joining us, Teddy. Um, this was an amazing talk. Two hours already flew by. Um, as we close out, I love asking all our guests to leave us with a positive note or a call of action or to something that will help us either navigate better in this realm or just get a richer experience out of life? What, what would you say that is? Give us something, anything. I just want to say to anyone listening that your own life is unique and your vision and your voice and your truth is your way through, through and to the greater, the bigger, the that, that, that it can be very tempting to want to, to covet the fate of another or be like another, but, but, but on the way that your experience is, is the quintessential experience and, and to really embrace wherever you are at any moment and try to, and try to work as, as much as you can to live your life and enjoy it without the the burdens of of worrying about the fruits of your labor looking for the reward and just and just be and 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 love yourself and accept yourself as as much as possible and don't be afraid to be vulnerable don't be afraid to nurture the beginner in yourself don't be afraid to ask questions you know any you know all that stuff we're talking about today just really love yourself and 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 let go as as much as you can in, into into this life i love it brother when you were saying that it reminds me of this quote i bring up often i'm gonna gift it to you it's by the dalai lama he has this thing where he says whatever you do in this life will be very insignificant but it's very important that you do it and so with that i want to close andrew you have any closing remarks brother um no, no, no. Um, I, I really learned a lot through this podcast. Uh, gave me some more ideas to research. Uh, definitely um, augmented my, 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 
my understanding in certain subjects and uh and in the app. I love it. Yeah, this was an amazing conversation, guys. And um so I want to invite y'all share this podcast, um, share it with your friends, say I listen to these weird ass guys, but just give them a second and you'll probably learn something or two. <laughs> And um, I, I want to plug, let's plug up your stuff, brother. If somebody wants to do a sound bath or something with you, uh, how would they reach you? Uh, right now, uh, my website is under construction, but I have uh, Theodore underscore Gibbons on Instagram. Uh, it's G-I-B-B-O-N-S, Theodore underscore Gibbons. And uh, just, uh, you know, say hello and we can uh, schedule some type of journey. Um, you know, I do... Um, I do producing of music. I do uh, group music lessons. I do collaborative, uh, you know, experiential music uh, events. So, you know, if you're interested in anything I kind of got going on, please feel free to say hi. And if you just want to continue to talk in a weird way, I'm open for that too. <laughs> cool beans, cool beans. And do you mind if I share you with some of my podcaster buddies? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 open for the ride here. I appreciate you having me, and I I really, you know, I I would I would hang up and keep talking to you guys. I, I mean, you guys, I I I feel like I've needed a chat like this myself really bad. So yeah, I'm and, really thankful and, to to have this talk with you guys. And that's exactly why I started this because me and Drew would always talk and talk, and I'd be like, damn, dude, we could talk for hours. Let's bring other people. In. Well, I, my idea was I want to talk to the others, find the others that Timothy Timothy Leary talks about, discuss with them, and because that's how we fight back. It's not through guns. It's not through organizing. It's through finding the people who are thinking in this wavelength. And when y'all get together, some ideas are going to flourish. So with that, I want to close out. Thank you, Theodore. I'm going to plug up all your stuff on the, on the show notes. And to all the people listening, uh, if y'all like this show, um, share it. G give us a review on, Sp on Spotify. You can rate the show. Um, rate it. And if you want to support us, um, I created a cash app if you want to send us some money because we need a studio. Goddamn airplanes are always flying over us and interrupting. So uh, I created a cash app, and uh, if you want to send something, it's the dollar sign, T-O-N, soup. So ton soup. If you want to send something, that'll help us uh, just uh, make the show a little bit better. And also put it on, on, the, uh, on the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the show notes too. And so thank you guys for listening, and um, I love you, brother. Thank you for coming on and sharing what you have. And this is how we win. We find it. This is my quote that I always end with. Know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. So with that, I want to close out with a song that my buddy, that you, uh, Theodore, sent me. Um, it's called Footsteps in the Stars by Deya Dova. I'm going to put it in the show notes as well. And um, I love this song, brother, because this is the type of music that I listen to. Like, if you go through my Spotify playlist, there's rarely any contemporary radio music. It's always, like, abstract music or binaural beats or this type of song that I'm going to play, which is, it reminds me of always of ancient music, what the ancients would listen to. It's very harmonious, and it makes me feel like I'm in that archaic time. So thank you once again, Teddy. Please stick with us after the song. I want to talk to you a couple minutes. And uh, I want to have you back on the show another time. So thank you all for listening. Uh, support us. Rate the show. Go check out Teddy's stuff. Uh, he'll heal you. He'll remove all those blockages uh, if you're willing to let go. So improve thyself. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm already messing up. Know thyself. Improve thyself. Find the others. And then you'll know what to do. This is Footsteps in the Stars by Deya Dova off of the album Symbiotic.
Peace.